Welcome to Giant Cocktails, a podcast where lifelong Giants fans talk about the San Francisco Giants while drinking homemade cocktails. And now, here's your hosts, Ben and Matthew Henry. Welcome back to Giant Cocktails. Thank you for that intro, Bob. I am Ben Henry, and I am here with my brother and co-host, Matthew Henry, who is still esteemed. Thank you. I was wondering where the esteem went. I was like, man, I've lost the esteemedness in one but, week. Yeah, well, you know, I I just wanted to let people hang there and see if that was just, you know, like suspense. You got to keep the people guessing. Got to keep the people guessing. <laughs> it keeps the show fresh. That's right. That's right. And speaking of freshness and steamed, Matthew, fried rice or steamed rice? Oh, that's a good question, because I think, you know, steamed rice has more um, versatility. Uh, but I think if I'm going to go with, like, if I'm at Panda Express, I'm definitely choosing the fried rice over the steam. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah, if yeah. it's a Panda Express moment, I actually will do half and half fried rice, half chow mein. But you didn't yeah. ask me about that. So fried no. rice. Right. Yeah. I think all of our listeners fell asleep during that answer. <laughs> hey, you asked the question, man. <laughs> the correct answer is fried rice. <laughs> there are people out there that like steamed rice, man. Yeah. No, they don't. <laughs> they just do it because they feel like it's the healthier <laughs> That's right. Option, they, right? They, they, they get... No, those, those people go, oh, I guess I'll have the brown rice. Brown rice. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> With that little extra crunch in there. You're right. Uh... Yeah. Or rice. Worst of all, rice, cauliflower, cauliflower rice or whatever that oh, stuff is. Oh, don't even get me started yeah. on that. Yeah. Cauliflower um, rice is why I have trust issues. That's exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> that's exactly right. All right. Okay. Well, anyway. Anyway. Yes. Enough of that. Yes. Today is Sunday, September 5th, and this is episode 27. The Giants went a correctly predicted three and four by yours truly. I said they could, They it was very possible that they could go three and four this week, and unfortunately, they did. But fortunately... They still have finished the week with an 87 and 50 record, still the best record in all of baseball, tied with no one, and a one game lead over the ridiculously dark blue <laughs> Los Dodgers. Uh, Los Dodgers. Uh, and in LA and the NL West and in the National League, and in all of baseball. And most importantly, Matthew, they do not play the L.A. Dodgers in another game this year. That concluded the season series, which the Giants won 10 games to 9. That's right. Who's afraid which of the Dodgers? Which means, not that's us. right, not, not us. us, not us. Who has a losing record to the Dodgers this year? Not, not the, us. Not us. Or the, like, there's a couple other weird teams that don't either, like the Miami Marlins. Um, the Pittsburgh Pirates own the San Francisco Giants, though. Yeah, we won't go there. 
Go figure. <laughs> Go figure. <laughs> but anyway, back to what matters. The Giants are better than the Dodgers. That's what matters. And also, that means that the Giants have won the season tiebreaker. So if there is a tie for the division at the end of the season, the Giants would host a one-game playoff for the division title at home and uh, in, in, in order to win that, that game. And if they win that game, they go to the division series. If they lose that game, then they have to face whoever, uh, well, ostensibly, assume, uh, presumably they would have to face the other wildcard team um, at home. Uh, to play for the the play in the wild card game, uh, Matthew and I are going to have a debate over about which one of those is the better scenario later in the show. Um, stick around for those hilarity, <laughs> that hilarity. Uh, but anyway, you know, not the best week, but still a week that ended with the Giants in first first place is a good week, and it's a reason to celebrate. And it's always good to celebrate with a good cocktail. Bob. What are you drinking? Thank you for asking, Bob. I am drinking a cocktail that I am calling the Camilo Surprise. Camilo's back? Camilo's back! And he had an outstanding outing today. He struck out the last guy to finish, what was that, the fourth inning today? Yeah. I think it was the fourth inning. Something like that. After Quintana had, what, walked the bases loaded... Camilo came in and struck out the last guy to end the inning. Well, first he gave up a walk, which should have no, been a strike three. No, no, he didn't. No, he didn't, Matthew. You <laughs> didn't umpire, let me finish. You didn't let me finish. He <laughs> okay. struck the last guy out twice. This is true. Okay, I'll give you that. Yes. That this umpire, is why we need robot umpires. That umpire had a horrible game tonight. Oh, man, he, he was, was atrociously bad. Yeah. I don't know who you are, but like, uh, you know... I'm not even going to I'm not even going to I'm not even going to do you a favor by looking your name up. I, all I know is that I looked at you and I could see your eyes moving around back there and I'm like, "Oh man, he's been doing this for 50 years. Please put him out of our misery." Ugh, I am just tired, tired, tired of these old umpires calling balls and strikes wrong. But anyway, Camilo, Camilo was back today surprising us all with, you know, getting us out of a jam twice. And then pitching a really good inning after that. Uh, I believe this was the fifth and the sixth, now that I think about it. It was the fifth and the sixth. And he got us through those two innings and extended the game to Watson. And and came in in a situation that maybe wasn't the best situation for him to come in during. But, which was surprising. (laughs) And, you know, earlier in the season, I had named a cocktail after Camilo. And I said I was going to keep working on that cocktail as Camilo continued to advance through the season. But... He ended up spending most of the season down in AAA, so so that didn't really happen. And this cocktail was actually inspired by Logan Webb and Buster Posey when, well, I guess not both. Well, it was both of them. Was it both of them last week? I can't even remember now. It all blurs together. Yeah, yeah, it all blurs (laughs) together. But anyway... Enough baseball talk. I was supposed to be talking about my cocktail, and I got I got talking about baseball again. You got excited, yeah. I did, I did, I did. Sorry, sorry. now we're going to talk about the cocktail. Today I am drinking something called the Camilo Surprise. Now, the Camilo Surprise was based on the mixology dice, and last week I just said I'm going to roll all the dice, and Ben's going to choose exactly what kind of cocktail he's making after the fact. And I guess after the fact, I would say that this is a, a sour uh, with an egg white. Uh, I did not roll egg white, but I did choose to add one. 
I believe the ingredients that I rolled were tequila. Um, I rolled amaretto. Okay, I, I fudged the dice. I cheated on that one. I also rolled simple syrup. I chose not to use simple syrup in the recipe. Uh, I rolled rosemary, which I did include in the recipe. I rolled apricot, which I did not include in the recipe. And I rolled bitters, any one of my choice. I did include bitters. I include Angostura bitters, of course, because those are my favorite. Uh, and I ended up making a really wonderful tart and frothy and refreshing um, an interesting cocktail, but the main ingredient that I actually really struggled with this week was the kumquat. I Matthew, forgot I about did... the kumquat. That's right. <laughs> you and I did not know what kumquats were last week. You didn't you were... know what a kumquat was. I had a vague collect- recollection of what it was. I'm going sure. with that. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, that's different than what I said. Neither of us knew what a kumquat was last week. You were picturing something small? Small and orange. They're like little like grape-sized orange things, aren't yeah, they? You didn't say grape size until after you looked it up. Go listen to the show again. You're wrong. <laughs> anyway, yes, but yes, you're right. I was picturing a kiwi, and I knew that was absolutely not what a kumquat was. But, uh, but you know, so I went and started researching the kumquats, and what I thought was really interesting about kumquats is, is that they're supposed to have a very, very sour juice. So the pulp and juice inside is actually very, very sour. But um, uh, conversely, the, the, the pith and the, sorry, not the pith, but the actual rind of the kumquat is actually very sweet. Mm-hmm. And so when you, and you actually, you're supposed to eat the kumquat whole. You don't like peel it, right? It's this tiny little grape sized thing. It would be a little ridiculous to peel it. And instead, you just kind of bite and chew the whole thing. And, and it creates this very sweet and sour uh, flavor in your mouth. Um, but I, what I thought was interesting about that was, is that meant that if I juiced it, I would get a really sour orange juice out of it. And I thought that was really compelling to me because, uh, you know, I've been getting a lot of orange juice recipes recently. And the problem with those is that the citrus that is supposed to bring a lot of tartness with it and the orange juice that bring, does not bring as much tartness as a lime or a lemon. And so the kumquat is sort of like the orange version of those of those fruits. And so I was lucky enough to find some fresh kumquats at a local grocery store after much searching. It was a lot harder to find them than I thought it was going to be. And I squeezed uh, three quarters of an ounce of those. And I combined that with two quarters, sorry, two ounces of Blanco tequila. And then I did an ounce and a quarter of amaretto. Now, these ratios are a little bit adjusted because the first time I made the cocktail, it was a little too tart and not sweet enough. Uh, but again, my palate tends to um, go on the sweet side. So if you like yours a little bit more tart, you could you could change those ratios in the opposite direction. Uh, I put a dash of Angostura bitters in with that and an egg white. And I did a dry shake on that until it was nice and frothy. Then I added ice on top of that. And I strained that into a coupe that I had actually already sprayed with a spritz of a rosemary tincture that I had made. Uh, and so, because rosemary was another one of the ingredients, I don't remember if I mentioned that, but it was another one of the ingredients that I had rolled on the dice. Um, poured that out, and then I put a drop of Angostura bitters on the top for for um, uh, for color. And it ended up becoming, like I said, a very frothy, refreshing, and, and complex flavored cocktail. It, it's not overly sweet, and uh, but at the same time, it's not overly brooding 
either. Um, it was a really kind of light and airy but complex cocktail, uh, a summer cocktail for the sophisticated types, which I know is not you and me, but we can pretend. We sure, can pretend. exactly, yeah. And yeah. all in all, it, it actually is, is really enjoyable. And this is my, my second one of, of the afternoon. Mmm, that's a tasty cocktail. It is, Bob. It really is a tasty cocktail. Hey, Bob. Hit Matthew up while I take another dive into this. What are you drinking, Matthew? Well, while Ben is enjoying his Camilo surprise, uh, yeah, I'm. <clears throat> I actually have a little backstory with my mine. Uh, going in, I was nervous going into this last week, and particularly, well, I was really nervous going into the Dodgers series because, you know, as you know, the uh, the Brewers series did not go well, uh, and it, it ended well, but it did not go well. And and so I started thinking about how the, the Giants needed all the luck that they could get. So I did a little research and I found a cocktail called the Good Luck Charm. So, I, you know, the Good Luck Charm said, well, OK, that sounds good. And it was uh, the, the ingredients are bourbon, uh, lemon cello, uh, lemon sour. I'm forgetting something. Oh, and mint. So this is a it's a it's an interesting combination of I'm in love flavors. already. Yeah, those those, I, those are those are good ingredients. So. So yeah, so I, I the first time I did it, I didn't have any lemon sour, so I just kind of created one with some lemon juice and simple syrup. And when I screwed up the ratio on that, and I actually did like an even ratio of lemon juice to syrup, and it was way too sweet. The the uh, it ended up being a really sweet cocktail. But I drank it on on Friday night, of course. And and as you know, that ended well for the Giants after some trials and tribulations, and uh, only. The only thing that I could I could think of that why the Giants won was because of luck. And it must have been because of my good luck charm. So fast forward to Saturday and I think, well, damn right, I'm going to make this drink again. Right. I mean, we won last night. I got to do this yeah, again. That's right. Unfortunately, I forgot that it was our mother's birthday and I had promised to take her to see the band Chicago. So, so I couldn't make the drink because I wasn't actually available to watch the game. We went and but saw Matthew. Chicago. If you leave the Giants now, you'll take away the biggest part of them. <laughs> I know, because they're my inspiration. But I... No, I you're still... their inspiration. <laughs> That's true. That, uh, yes, exactly. I was... I was right. Anyway. But, so I didn't... I wasn't... I didn't watch the game. I, I watched the first, like, inning, and then I had to go. And I'm following the game on the my, on my phone while we're all singing to, like, 70s, guys in their 70s playing the horns and, and singing, which they were actually quite good, by the way. If you get a chance to see Chicago, I highly recommend it. So then going to today, I thought I felt guilty. I felt guilty that I didn't make the cocktail, the good luck charm, on Saturday. And I was sure that that was why we lost. So I made it again tonight. And But I made my own sour this time. I actually... Uh, and I did two parts lemon to one part sugar, one part water, and I put it all together. And that actually ended up being a much better ratio. I made the cocktail, sipped it while we were beating up on Walker Bueller today, and everything was right with the world. Um, and so my good luck charm is here to stay. I will say the bourbon and lemon is a nice flavor mm, combination. Mm -hmm. yes. I actually really like that. Yeah, it is a really sweet. It's still a sweet cocktail. So this is something that, you know, if you don't like sweet cocktails, you're, you're probably not going to like this. But uh, I do. Let me share with you the recipe. So the recipe is one and a half ounces of bourbon and then uh, three quarters of an ounce of limoncello and then two ounces of the homemade lemon sour 
and then you tear up some mint leaves, five or six mint leaves, and you tear them up. You don't muddle. You actually just tear them up into little pieces and throw them into a cocktail shaker. And then you shake the crap out of it for like 30 seconds with ice. You pour it into, um, I put it into a martini glass. And with I actually coated the rim with sugar and because uh, that's what the recipe's called for. So I went all in. Don't need the sugar, to be honest. It's a sweet cocktail as it is. Uh, and and it's supposed you're supposed to have the flecks of the green floating in there from the mint to kind of you know, show you the good luck kind of part. So so I right. uh, you can thank me now for for, you know, drinking this two nights this weekend and getting the wins over the Dodgers when we needed them. Uh, or you could like chastise me for not drinking it on Saturday, but you know, sometimes yeah. you got to do what you got to do. But that is my I, cocktail, I, the good luck charm. I think that's what we all take away from this, Matthew. The fact that the Giants beat Walker Bueller today proves that it was something outside of the you know realm of whatever normal uh, normalcy is. And if that was your lucky cocktail, then it was definitely your fault that they lost on Saturday. So thank you. There you have it, folks. Matthew's the reason the Giants didn't sweep the Dodgers and were not up by two games exiting the series and instead are only up by one. So thank you for nothing, Matthew. You're such a pessimistic guy. You know, you could be like a glass is half full that I drank it twice in the week and got two wins. You could mm. look at it that way. Because really, did we have any business winning any of those games? No. No, we did not. I would No, I, I disagree. We had, we had a... Um, um, we had a, 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 I'm trying to think of a euphemism. For, a snowball's for, chance. In... Yes. We had a snowball's chance of winning on Friday. We did. I will and give we you that. did, and they did. And yeah, we, we had absolutely no but... business. We had absolutely no business winning on Saturday. Certainly today, I don't even know what happened. You know, I, I was listening to some people talking about, oh, I'm so glad they won on Friday because now that sets them up so well for the rest of the season, for the rest of the weekend. You know, now they can easily win the series. They get two shots at it, and hey, they might even sweep. And I was like, do you not know how they play against Urias and, and Bueller? They've never beaten Walker Bueller, ever. But but we're getting ahead of ourselves. We're getting ahead of ourselves because really what I wanted to say is, Matthew, that really sounds like a good cocktail. Well, thank you. Thank um, you. It was a good cocktail. Yet another amazing discovery. You know, I, I'm a little bit jealous of you that, you know, uh, you get to go out there and research and all these fun cocktails and, and come <laughs> up with your own. And I got to yeah. keep rolling the dice. Uh, but thankfully, thankfully, uh, you know, Logan Webb and, and Buster Posey did not uh, do their part of the deal this week. And so I get to make my own cocktail. So... Logan um, Webb did his part. He pitched well enough. He did. Know. He did do his part. The Giants lineup did not, and we are definitely going to talk about that. Uh, but there you have it. Well, anyway, I mean, I think it is time. It's time to move on. It's time it to talk about the week in baseball because as much as we enjoy talking about our cocktails, I think it's pretty clear where our minds are at this week. And wow, uh, what a week. I mean, Matthew, last Sunday... You and I were singing the praises of Sammy Long after Ooh. he had taken <laughs> a triple-A pitcher, Sammy Long. That's right, triple-A pitcher. After he had taken that brutal loss for the team, you know, just going out there and, and taking one on the chin so that the rest of the bullpen could be rested. And and we were talking about how well that was setting up the team. They basically took a tactical loss there and how well that was setting the team up for this really, really important week where they were going to play four games against the Brewers and then three games against the Dodgers. And we had 
we knew we had some issues with with the rotation, but you know we, we still had um, Gosman, Desclafani, and Wood and Queto all lined up to to face the the Brewers in those four games. And then on Monday morning, before another pitch of baseball was played, we were crushed with very very disappointing news that Alex Wood was confirmed COVID positive out and Queto was under observation and also on the COVID list and both were unavailable to start the game on Monday. And we at that time had no idea what was going to happen to Queto. Well, Queto did end up coming back and that ended up not really helping and then he ended up going on the IL again because he hurt his elbow in that second game. So I, I think it was safe to say, Matthew, that even before the game started, and then certainly after games one and two of last week, it was pretty much the lowest point of the San Francisco Giants season. Oh, without a doubt. I, I mean, I, I I wanted to curl up and cry. So, I mean, it definitely was their, their low point for sure. I did. You did curl up and cry. I had a good cry. Yeah, good, it was good. a good cry. I don't blame mm-hmm. you, man. I don't blame you. But, you know, that that game, I mean, getting into the, the, the Brewers series, there, there was so many, I mean, yeah, the pitching was like, oh, my God, how are we going to cover this pitching? But you look at our pitching, and the pitching wasn't the reason that we lost. Yeah, despite that, despite the fact that we lost two starters and we had to do two bullpen games in a row. I mean, thank goodness for Sammy Long's heroics. You know, it was yeah. already he had done a good thing for the team. But if he hadn't have done that, right, you had a fresh bullpen going into those two bullpen starts in a row. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. Well, we only gave but, up three runs. Alvarez gave up two early on on that first game. And then we only let up one. But we were, what, I think, in that first game, two for 11 with runners in scoring position. I think in game two, we were 0 for 8 with runners in scoring position. And, and I know runners in scoring position can be kind of a – um, it's not the the all the end all to, to to stats because you can get a hit with a runner in scoring position and not score a run, and you can also score runs without somebody being in scoring position, quote unquote. But but for gosh sakes, man, get a hit with somebody's on second and third. You know, score some runs when the bases are loaded. You know, it's just it's uh, it's maddening to see how our hitting. You know, we were gosh, it wasn't so long ago we were talking about how we're the number two team in the majors and we're the number one team in home runs and we're all talking about how great our offense is and now we can't buy a run and it just oh so frustrating. Well, it's because the home runs went away and yes, they were two for eleven with runners in scoring position on Monday. They were 0 for 8 with runners in scoring position on Tuesday. And 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 both of those losses, despite the fact that that they, you know, when you look at the hit columns in those games, you're like, it doesn't look like they 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 lost this game that badly. Those games felt horrible. And I got to tell you, as a fan, there is no worse kind of game to watch your team play than a game where they're putting a lot of runners on and not driving them in. You know, it's the worst of all possibilities because it keeps constantly getting your hopes up and then dashing them. And they don't even have the decency to give you a pitcher's duel to get excited about. And the game still takes three hours and 45 minutes long and your team loses nine to nothing. It's just the worst. Like, I would rather watch a game where my team almost gets no hit and loses 
seven to one than watch a game where they put 15 guys on base and never drive anybody home and lose seven to one. So those are just brutal to watch. And it was especially brutal to watch knowing that the Atlanta Braves were over there in L.A. just just letting the Dodgers nip one out every night. And and the Dodgers just kept creeping closer and closer. And after two nights, the Dodgers had made up two games. They were only half a game out. And. I think at that point, you know, I, I just knew how it was going to go from there. I just like, oh, the Giants are the Giants. This is it. The wheels are falling off. I, 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 I blew it because I said, oh, and seven in the last podcast. I knocked on wood, but that didn't work. It must not be real wood. Hang on. I got to check my table here. Sounds like real wood. And it ended up being it ended up being fine because they ended up going. My original my actual prediction was a three and four, but it was just brutal. It was brutal. Brutal. And, and yeah, but it wasn't, it, you know, yes, losing Cueto and Wood was a real big um, shot. And I think that's still going to hurt, right? And we still don't know how that's going to play itself out because we don't exactly know how long Cueto is hurt for. But it definitely sounds like every time I read about how sick Alex Wood is, is it doesn't sound good. The man is very sick. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I mean, you know, like I'm, I don't think I'm, I'm not worried about his, you know, overall well-being. I, I mean, I hope he's doing fine, but it definitely sounds like, you know, when you get really sick like that, you, you lose a lot of strength and it takes you a long time to get back. And like, I think there's a very good possibility that we don't see Alex Wood at all again for the rest of the year, regardless of how deep the Giants go in the postseason. I, Possibly we could have seen him pitch his last pitch for the Giants. Correct. Correct. I mean, that's the way it sounds like that's how sick he could be. And then Cueto, we just have no idea how bad that is. So that could certainly to come back to haunt the Giants. But it didn't hurt the Giants this week. It absolutely was the hitting. It was the lack of ability to drive runs home and get it done when it mattered. And it was just really, really hard to watch this team give these games away, especially while one team was chasing them down and they were facing another team that they might end up facing in the playoffs. Oh, my gosh. And... If there's one thing that came out of this series for me was, holy crap, I don't want to face them in the playoffs because they are, they're a good team. And, and oh, I, man, I actually really fear them more than I fear the Dodgers. And maybe that's because, you know, we're more familiar with the Dodgers and we kind of know, but it seems like the Brewers. Uh, or have, maybe it's because we have a winning record against the Dodgers and a very bad losing record against the Brewers. That's, that's a good point. <laughs> yes, probably that maybe, but uh, I, I just, the Brewers, uh, you know, I don't think are getting their due. I mean, they're a really good team, and you know, I know I mean, they're it's playing... not a bad losing record. It's only four and three, but still, yeah. well, it's still. a losing record. Yeah, and and we got lucky if you remember on a couple of those wins in uh, in, in in Milwaukee. Milwaukee. That is true. I, I think you could say that the Giants robbed two of those games. So yeah, and in, in another way, you know, the Giants could have finished the series against them six and one. I don't think you could say that the other way around. No, right? It, it, yeah, I, I think the, the the series was very close to going six and one the Brewers' way. It was not close going six and one the Giants' way. No, uh, you're absolutely right. The Brewers are a very frightening team. The Giants do not match up well against them. And in fact, even after playing the Braves, and I know we lost that series too, I would say that the the Brewers look like the toughest team in the National League to me from the Giants' perspective. I agree. Tougher than the Dodgers. Even though I think, you know, pound for pound, the Dodgers are a better team. It's just that, yeah, you're right. The Di Giants know how to beat the Dodgers. 
I don't know that they know how to beat the Brewers, you know? And, um, gosh, just so much pitching over there. So much pitching. Yeah. Uh, Just, they've got, you know, three studs and, you know, another one on the IL. And it's just, I think that they're, they're. Well, and then they have the three studs at the back end of their bullpen. Totally. It's, it's, yeah, they're a really good team and they expose our hitters, right? I mean, our hitters, um, you know, they wait for mistakes. And when we've covered this before, your pitchers don't make mistakes. It, it makes for a long, a long game. And, uh, um, and we saw that this week, you know, you, you just, it, it's, right. it's right. frustrating. And yeah, so we get to the, we, we, you know, we did win one game against them and that was Logan Webb's masterpiece. Right. Yes, and, of course. And, Logan Webb. Oh my God. Did we in, need, did we need Logan Webb to be Logan we Webb in that game? Bad. And we needed him bad. I, I love watching that guy pitch right now. I mean, he is just so confident when he comes mm-hmm. out now and he, you know, I think the difference between Logan Webb now and Logan Webb in the past is yes, his pitch selection is a lot different than it was uh, a year uh, plus ago. Uh, but I think it's also his confidence. Like he he trusts his stuff now. He's not nibbling at corners. He just yeah. you know he he just lets his pitches do what they're supposed to do, and and it works. And I think he's finally figured that out. That uh, yeah. and I could see that being a young guy in the major leagues, you're like, oh my gosh, these are major league hitters. They're gonna hit me, and they're gonna do so well. I got to be perfect. And I think it takes a while for a young pitcher to realize, holy crap, my stuff is good enough to get these major league hitters out. And and now he's finally believing right. it. Yeah, I think we've seen a little bit of that of commute from Camilo Duvall. Like even today, I think we saw that. You're absolutely right, and I think that makes sense, right? I think we get this sense that like you got to pitch like Greg Maddox, right? Like if you want to be a great pitcher in Major League Baseball, you gotta you gotta put the ball perfectly in the right spot every time, or you you have to trick hitters into swinging at balls that are out of the strike zone. But I've actually been you know listening to a lot more about pitching recently and watching a lot of games, and and people have talked been talking about late movement. Right. And and you got to trust, especially when you're these younger guys who have great movement on their pitches, that you've got to trust the ability of that movement to to basically move the ball to a place where the hitter doesn't expect it to be when at the time that they swing the bat. So the ball basically moves after the hitter can determine where their bat is going. And that's what causes the hitter to not square the ball up. And and turn what you know would be a rocket of a line drive or a home run into a pop up or a grounder, and and it's you got to trust that stuff. And I think that's definitely what we're seeing out of Logan Webb. He trusts his stuff to um, to miss bats or to just hit bats off center, uh, even when he's in the strike zone. And and he just which makes him just much more confident. Which means, of course, he's not throwing a lot of balls. Which means he's just putting constant pressure on the batters. And he is absolutely a stud, and continues to be a stud, and has been a stud for you know two months now. Well, yeah, and he's our ace. And yes. and uh, he, you know, I was thinking about that. Yes, Gosman has, uh, you know, he struggled in July. Gosman has actually turned the corner and has been fairly good uh, in the month of August. Uh, his numbers aren't early season, but that was probably not sustainable. Uh, but what we do have now is Webb and Gosman are two excellent frontline starters. And if you get Sclafani, De Sclafani in there the way he pitched on on Friday, then you know I think we've got a pretty good a good trio. I do want to say a little side about Webb for those if you haven't seen this, listeners, go to uh, Twitter and look up uh, the Pitching Ninja. And scroll down a little while, uh, you'll see uh, uh, he does these overlays of pitchers throwing two different pitches. 
And there's one of him uh, doing an overlay with Rob, with with Webb throwing a sinker and a changeup. And you know the sinker's at 94 miles an hour, the the changeup's at 87, and they come out of the same arm slot. They follow the same path until about five feet from the plate. All of a sudden, they go two different directions, and it just really kind of gives a visual to how hard it is to hit Logan Webb right now, uh, because when he's throwing like that, a pitcher when a hitter has no idea what's coming. And, you know, it's same arm slot and everything. It makes it almost impossible to hit that stuff. I, I, and even the right. Pitching Ninja guy, his quote on the twi- tweet was, I literally said, whoa, when I made this. And um, <laughs> and it is. Yeah. It's pretty like, it's pretty like, whoa. That's whoa. Crazy. Whoa. 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 Yeah. And so he, he saved the day, right? And, uh, of course, all the headlines that day were, the Dodgers are alone in first place. The world has righted itself. Yes. You know, uh Dogs and cats once again hate each other. You know, <laughs> we were was, right all along. <laughs> we, yes, we were right all along. We told you they were the best team in baseball. And then, of course, Logan Webb comes along and puts the Giants right back into first place. A flat-footed tie, as I guess we should have assumed it was going to be coming into Friday, the final series the huge series, the series that is kicking off what is going to be one of the great postseason races in history by two of the highest quality teams in history relative to each other. And I don't know, Matthew, you know, I think we've already kind of hinted at it in this show. I I did not have high expectations coming into this series. I, I really, really did not. I I was I was convinced that uh, that somehow Dave Roberts was going to find a way to get Urias and Bueller facing us, uh, and then getting Scherzer to come in, or Sandy Koufax, or or something <laughs> right. like that. Or Hershiser coming. Yeah, in. Yeah, yes. yeah. I thought it was going to be like a, a Scherzer, Hershiser, Fernando Koufax. Valenzuela, and his yeah, Valenzuela. Uniform. Yes, and then I thought, you know, uh, yeah, and then an Eric Gagne kind <laughs> of. Uh, uh, finishing us off at the end. That's that's kind of how I thought it was going to go, and uh, and lo and behold, no, it didn't. You know, Price was supposed to start on Friday, and he had some sort of setback, and then it was Corey Knable, or whatever they ever they pronounce it. I think they actually pronounce his name that way, and I, I think that's that's Nebel, right? That's it's supposed to be Nebel, Knebel. It's not Knee. Whatever. Yeah, it's not Knee. That's true. Yeah, that's right. It was Kadodger, um, Fodger. Anyway, all I know is he's a Fodger and he's a reliever. And I thought, oh, bullpen game. Yeah. Bullpen game for the Dodgers. And I know their bullpen, their bullpen has had a lot of questionable outings, just like our bullpen did at the beginning of the season. Although I think, honestly, I think the Giants fixed their bullpen faster than the Dodgers did. But, um, but I thought, okay, we have a chance to win this game. A chance. Barely a chance. And then, and then and, you started wondering, the longer that game went on, whether we actually had a chance, right? <laughs> well, I mean, I, 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 well, I mean, we were winning. Like it was right. I mean, like it was, it was. We were winning. One... I didn't feel. I didn't feel that. Oh no! No point did I feel comfortable about it. No, for sure, for sure. But they were winning uh, one to nothing, right? And the bullpen was pitching great. I kept saying to myself. It would be really nice if the dot if the Giants could drive in one of these runs because. They ended up that game three for 22 with runners in scoring position. And one of those hits didn't score a run. 
Correct. <laughs> Correct. So RBIs, bats at bats with RBIs, they were two for 22 uh, in with runners in scoring position to the point. It was so bad this week, Matthew, that I believe I was telling you this, that it was I was like, it's to the Giants disadvantage putting that runner on second. <laughs> I would rather have the Giants hit a solo home run. <laughs> Then have them try to get a guy on second to score because I know they have a better chance of hitting a solo home run than they do of driving hot go home a guy from second base. Yeah, and I I hate to sound old school because I kind of like to think that I'm I'm hip with today's like you know brand of baseball and you know it's obviously served the Giants well over the course of the year. But for God's sake, man, a ground ball to the right side and a fly ball to the outfield wouldn't be the worst thing in the world, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it does feel like it does feel like when you have less than two outs and a runner on third base, it should just be sea ball hit ball. Yeah. Don't look for your zone, especially when it's like, I mean, when it's a it's a walk off situation. Like, I get it. I get it. What we're trying to do in these situations, especially earlier in the game. Right. Like if you what you're trying to do is hit lots of home runs over the course of the entire game and thereby finish with like six runs. I, I get it. I get it. But when you're in a walk off situation you know, all you're really trying to do is get that one run home. And and you if but you can do that by making an out, it really feels like that should be an easier thing to accomplish than getting a hit. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, look, I know it's easier said than done, and I know they're professional baseball players, and I'm not. But at the same time, you know, it definitely feels like you wonder, you wonder, like, are they changing their approach in that situation? Um, are it doesn't they seem like different? it. It doesn't no, seem like they're changing. It, it doesn't seem like it. And it seems like situationally, when you're in that situation, especially when you're the home team and the game is tied, that, that you should really play some small ball. Yeah. To well, get how many that times, run home. How many times we got to hear Kruko going, oh, I guess he wasn't looking for that pitch, right? I mean, that's like... You know, he's I'm, been saying it a lot he's recently. He's been saying it a lot. He's <laughs> been saying it a lot. But he says it clean. He says it clean. Yeah, he doesn't say it like he's like He doesn't say it like he's right? judging, but part no. of me wonders, is he judging? He's judging. He's, he's got to be yeah, judging. Come on. Because yeah. you, know, you watch yeah. a fastball right down Broadway and yeah. you're on strike three. He played baseball in the 80s. You know, you know, you know, this is killing him. Yeah, he's you know. a pro, but he's a pro. Yeah. Uh, he's a pro. That's right. He's a, he's an Emmy Award winning broadcaster. He's going to be in the Hall of Fame. There's He's just, yeah. So he knows how to call it. But yeah. And if he's not judging him, I am. I mean, come <laughs> on, guys. Like, come on. In a walk-off situation when the game is tied. You know, your bullpen just just bent over backwards to get you into this situation and you can't like advance and it, and then and then, you know, sack fly. I mean, it, it just it's just brutal to watch. It's brutal to watch. And knowing that 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 Kapler has done you no favors up to that point and giving you the bullets to go deep into the game. You know, I, it, it's just brutal. It's brutal to watch. Um, but well, I, in that game before you say but I, I think. You know, first of all, Desclafani, you know, was what we needed that day. And I had doubts about him with his ankle and just, you know, all that. Uh, it was great to see him. Uh, yeah, I mean, he, he 
he was one of the reasons, you know, why we were where we were. I mean, he pitched six. I think he hadn't pitched six innings in a long time and uh, no, didn't allow any runs. this was a big runs. bounce back game for him, especially against the Dodgers, you know. Yeah, they I don't him, think he, he had was yeah, worst he starts had of not, the year uh, against them. And, yeah, if not for if not for uh, Desclafani, the Giants, uh, the Giants win two more games, I think, against the Dodgers. And that's not to take anything away from him. He's had a great season. I think he's just, he's just, it just happened that he scuffled against this team. And that was, yes. Well, and then you know, but that that was also the game where you you, you know McGee couldn't close it out, and it would be it would be nice. I'm just gonna say this, and I know you agree. It would be nice if we had a closer, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it? It would. I because I, you know McGee's the guy that we're using as a closer, but he's not a closer. No, his one trick pony fastball, just uh, you know, it's not. It's not well, effective. And it didn't fool Albert Pujols, now did it? And I get it. Today, Albert yes. Pujols <laughs> is a Hall of Famer, one of the greatest home run hitters of all time. Who's but clearly also, looking fastball in that situation. He's also the same age as you. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and an old man like you should... I, I may, The best team in baseball should have a closer that just shuts that guy down. Right? Agreed. Yes. I mean, what would what would Rob Nen do to a seventy year old Albert Pujols? No offense, I, I don't mean to give away your age, Matthew. But <laughs> okay, I'm not seventy. Would... All right, I just want the listeners to know that I'm not seventy. Right, right. Albert Pujols <laughs> is also not seventy. He's sixty. Right. The the point is, he's old, and Trouble. a closer from a really good team should be able to shut that man down, and, and certainly not just give him gift fastballs. But wait, what? That's, I mean, that's all McGee throws. Oh, yes, yes. I mean, the right? occasional slider, but it's like, okay, yeah, you're throwing, you're throwing fastballs ninety percent of the time. It's, um, it's, it's pretty yeah. easy to guess where that's going. Yeah, and, but I mean, I mean, you know, but look, look. Here's, here's, here's my thinking about it. it. There's nothing to be done about it. There's nothing to be done about it. Right? No, we can't. You know, I, I heard, I heard some people talking about this on, on talk radio the other day, and, and it was kind of funny because they were, they were trying to figure out solutions, and I was like, the solutions are over. People, no solution. The only solution to this problem, if it's a problem, is Rogers becomes your closer. Right. That's it. That's I mean, that's that's who the Giants got. Those are their elite. Now, let's face it. I mean, like McGee is very, very good. And I like him a lot. And I he, you know, where I would no, like him, though. I would like him in the seventh inning. In the seventh inning, yeah, and I would keep Rogers in the eighth, and and then yeah, have a another fireballer come in in the ninth. Fireballer, Rogers, fireballer. Yes, that would have been nice to you know, mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. as you often say, you know, you know, we all wanted Chris Bryant at the deadline. Yeah, yeah, and, well, yeah. Um, you, you know. all got what you wanted. You all got what you wanted, and I hope you're happy. He's had some big hits. Didn't this last week? But he's had some big hits for us. He's done really well. I've enjoyed Chris Bryant as a giant. There's no doubt about it. There's no doubt about it. But I still wish we got. I wish we had a closer. I really do. I really do. But you all wanted Chris Bryant, so fine. And let's not even talk about Chris Bryant's defense, because boy, he seems to have a little trouble finding first base lately. But uh, (laughs) throw that throw from third seems to be a little challenging for the guy. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, he yeah. kind of he kind of reminds me of Flores a little bit over at third base. It's like, okay, you know, he's he's catching the ball, but yeah, boy. he scoops it up, and then you're kind of like, and then he stands up, and you're like, oh, oh, especially Wait, when, he pumps, when he pumps a couple yeah. times, and you're like, oh, oh he's thinking about it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, uh, you know, 
one other thing about that game, and, and th- th- that game, that Friday game was so was so crucial because we needed to win that game, mm-hmm. and it, it was just. I mean, I can't I can't not mention Buster Posey not knowing which guy to tag out at third base when they ran you know in the ninth and. And it was just interesting because you know, the umpire, and clearly he didn't see this because the umpire pointed to the, the back-end runner that he was out, right? He pointed to the I... runner, and he made the out call, and then both Turner and I can't remember who the other guy was. Was it Turner? Both Turner and Turner? I don't know. It was, but they both step off the bag, and, mm-hmm. you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and Buster runs by the guy that's closest to him to tag the guy that had already yeah. been called out, and... If he tags the first guy, if he tags Justin Turner, then the game's over and we're done. And yeah. we don't even talk yeah. about McGee blowing a save. Right, right. So for those of you who don't know, the rule is, is that the runter, the runner closest to home plate, the runner furthest advancing, has the right of way at the base. So even if they want, it doesn't matter who got there first, if they both end up on the bag, it's the runner who's in front has right of way to the base. So the back runner is always out. That is the rule. Who cares, though? It's confusing. Always tag both. And here's what's funny. Buster did tag both when they were both on the bag. Yes. And then he turned his head away. But here's the other thing, kids. The umpire always points at the man who is out. And it's really because I've seen this play come up a number of times. Nobody ever watches the umpire except the base runners. The fielders never watch the umpire. So there you go, kids. You don't have to know the rule because you should just tag them both. And if they both step off the bag, you stand on the bag and tag them both. That's what you do. And also watch the umpire. Because if you had known, watch the umpire, you immediately would have known when Turner stepped off, he was going to be out. That's Those are all the tricks. You don't actually have to know the rule. You don't have to know the rule, but again, the rule is the furthest advanced runner has the right of way. One more thing right. about that game. One more thing about that game. Okay. The way it ended. Okay. The way it ended on an error. Buster Posey, you know, hitting the ball to was it Trey Turner playing second base? Trey Turner. Yeah, couldn't have happened to a better guy. Exactly. Uh, and and the interesting part because I know that you're always like how how Dave Roberts is out managing Kapler. That was the first time that Will Smith played first base this year. Was in that inning. Yeah. He had never played first base at all this entire year, and and I want to say maybe even in his career, like I like I somebody I, I don't I didn't know it was the first that. time professionally. It was his first time professionally playing first base. Yes. So so yeah. So maybe a more experienced first baseman knows how to you know make adjust the feet to to make that play. But uh, I I just thought it was um, uh, perhaps perhaps I, I I I don't know I don't know that that's true. Um, but I will say that Roberts managed that game very aggressively and yes, you know, he was, it was a bullpen game, remember for him. And so, so that does cause you to do weird things. There were some really interesting moves between Kapler and, and Roberts, um, in that particular game. I think, you know, what my opinion is of the abilities of those two. It definitely, I think you pointed this out to me off the air, which was that it definitely seemed like Kapler was playing more aggressively on the managerial side, you know, putting La Stella out, I think. Think you said, yeah, Lestella got put out a couple times, times this weekend uh, early on in the on-deck yeah. circle when he had no intention of hitting for him. Yeah, Getting so he somebody was definitely... up in the bullpen who who never was going to come in or something yep. like that. Yep. And so, you know, so it's definitely that like Kapler has definitely upped his game there and understands that that's how Roberts is playing against him. I think that whole move with Vesia against Wade and then Slater in that 
in that exact game was very interesting. Um, I honestly believe that Roberts wanted Kapler to take Wade out of the game there, and Kapler did and replaced him with Slater, and I think that was a battle that Roberts won, but then it blew up in his face when Slater drove home what to that point was the only run in the game. And so there was some really, really interesting gamesmanship in that game, and I think all in all, Kapler played himself a lot, lot better in this series. Um, and yeah, I do think it was a mistake putting Will Smith at first. I, I think that maybe Roberts overmanaged that game. Mm-hmm. He really wanted to win this series. He really, really wanted to win. Yeah. And, uh, you know, too bad for you, Dave. It sucks. <laughs> I'm really sorry about that, bro. All right. Well, so we uh, we did get the win. Uh, today was, Today's game uh, was unexpected. Uh, <sighs> but... You know, when, when I, you know, and it was interesting because Dominic Leone came in, you know, started the game and, you know, tired the side in like 11 pitches and a little surprising that he didn't come back out for the second inning. But I think, you know, he, uh, he hadn't pitched more than one inning since like June or something like that. So I think he's a one inning guy and clearly Mm. they felt like he was their best option against the top of their lineup. And and he proved that right, you know. So I know there was some, you know, Twitter was getting a little upset that Dominic Leon didn't come out, particularly because Alvarez, you know, couldn't retire a batter. Uh, and you know, and there's our, you know, my love hate relationship with Alvarez. You know, just <laughs> like I want to love the guy, I want to love him, and I had a hard time just because early in the season he had been so bad, and you know, and it was just, and then he righted the ship, and he was doing so great. So I was, I was starting to trust again. I was starting to like, you know, show my love for him a little bit. And then mm-hmm. today it just brought back all the hurt. And and I I just don't know if I can trust him again. I mean, he's he's struggled the last couple times he's he's pitched. And you it's, know, and, it's, and I guess every reliever is going to give up some runs. So you can't be like, well, they've always got to shut everybody down. Mm-hmm. But uh but because it's Alvarez, I I always yeah, it's like early um, or mid, I guess, you know, 30s uh, American literature. The relationships are only good when they're rocky. <laughs> Alvarez, we don't like you. We think you suck. That's right. You so suck, bro. <laughs> you <laughs> suck, Alvarez. Prove us wrong, buddy. Please, yeah. God, we mean it. We really do mean it. You suck. <laughs> please, please go back to being good. Please. <laughs> oh, but then, you know, you we got... One we haven't talked about in this week was that we picked up a pitcher who nobody had heard of, you know, from the mm-hmm. Angels, uh, Quintana. And uh, and the interesting thing was we picked him up off waivers, and he was an American League uh, waiver. You know, he came up from the Angels, so we were the we were the last National League team that had an option to pick him up. So he he got went through everybody, and the Giants actually yeah, he was about to be released, him. and the Giants <laughs> claimed him. Uh, and the big part was that he's got a million dollars left on his salary and the Giants were willing to, to take a million dollar gamble on Quintana. And yeah, you know, there's been some articles you know, on The Athletic and things like that. They, they, they do a good job of digging into the data and the metrics. And clearly this year has been a bad year for him. Uh, the peripherals uh, don't suggest quite as bad as his ERA because his ERA was like nine or something ridiculous like that. Uh, but he's uh, he seems to be someone that has trouble finding the strike zone from time to time saw that today yep but man has got stuff that can get guys out and strikes out also saw that today yes yes so that's what we're getting with Quintana is what we've seen I mean he struck out 
you know, his his debut, he struck out like half the batters he faced. I think. I mean, he was he has been um, a really good arm the last the, the you know the first two times that he's come up for us this week, and he could be a real key. To us, mm-hmm. especially as we navigate these bullpen games. Yeah, yeah. Is he is he our next year. Craig Kimbrell, Matthew? Sure. Let's go with that. Yeah. Okay. 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 <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yet another midseason find that Matthew has anointed as our savior in the bullpen. Hey, just because you wanted Craig Kimbrell. <laughs> Doesn't we, mean Carlos. Uh, doesn't mean Quintana is going to be the, the 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 same thing. Well, you know he could be. I don't know. I mean, he's he's an upgrade over. Yes, you do know. I know. I know. No, he's not. <laughs> he's not. No, he's not. He's not. But he's listen a- to me. Repeat after me. He is not Craig Kimbrell. Okay, but he adds another good arm that we. You know, I mean, he's we desperately than- needed. Yes. yes. No, I would agree. I mean, I, you know, but already he's paying dividends. Yes. I mean, already he has benefited the Giants. You know, I, I mean, I think certainly more than 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 Chatwood did um, when he was with the team. And, and and not to say that Chatwood was horrible or anything like that. I mean, you know, he took an L for the Giants, but not that not in a way that was necessarily the, the best position to put him into. But but nonetheless, uh, he has already paid dividends. Right. And I, you know, I think the Giants would say it was worth it. I mean, you know, a million dollars, whatever. Somebody was going to pay him a million dollars. So, you know, and if the Giants could afford it, you know, I, I think I think then then it was a no brainer. So, um, yeah, I, I, I totally he was agree. He was a, he was a good he was a good pickup. I think Katana's arrival uh, is 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 good. The timing of it is good in that we we definitely need guys that can pitch multiple innings who can get guys out. Um, and it's interesting because, you know, I've seen a lot of, you know, people panicking that, you know, Webb and I'm not Webb, sorry, that, uh, Wood and Cueto are both out and we're going to have to rely on our bullpen. I mean, the good news is, and, and contrary to what Bob has been saying a lot during ours is that our bullpen doesn't suck. And, it doesn't. And no, it does we, not. we have, if you look at the metrics, we have the number one or two ranked, uh, bullpen in, in baseball uh, yeah. depending on what metrics you look at. So if there's any team that could get guys, because it doesn't matter who gets the outs, right? I mean, it just matters that we get the outs. And, right. and so you saw that today. We had nine pitchers you know, go through and, and you know, beat the Dodgers. We have 12 relievers on our pitching staff right now. Right. 15 pitchers on our roster, uh, three starters and, and 12 relievers. So we've got the guns now to, to pull this off. And, you know, not to mention guys in AAA that we can kind of get on the taxi squad kind of thing. Uh, mm-hmm. So, you know, with Camilo coming up today, we you know, that was obviously, you know, now, yeah, we're going to need guys like Camilo now. And uh, and we need, you know, there's those guys are going to play a bigger role in the next 25 days as we get through the end of the season. I mean, I think that's obvious. I think, I mean, I think they made a very big statement today with bringing Camilo into the situation that they brought him in, especially based on the circumstances with which he left, right? He left because he couldn't throw strikes in high-pressure situations and then was getting torched and then wasn't trusting his fastball. Um, and so they sent him back down to go get rebuild his confidence, get confident back in himself, and then welcome back to the show, kid. Because here you are in a winner takes the lead and the division record against your number one rival in a battle for first place, and your team is winning unexpectedly and the bases are juiced. Strike this guy out. 
And uh, and he did. And he didn't get the call. And then he did it again. And uh, and I know Kurt Casale was a little bit uh, frustrated with him. I think Giants fans were a little bit frustrated with him. But you know what? He got the job done. And 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 yeah, there's going to be more of that. There's well, gonna if be I recall, more he started out the first batter. Three and zero, right? I mean, and then, then yes. he battled back, yes, and and then miss, and then not so. Yeah, Casale was frustrated at first. Then he was more frustrated with the umpire. umpire did you see? Yeah. Did you see Casale jump in the air when he yes, called that ball? Yes, I did. Four? I like, did. I've he never was seen not, a catcher react as strongly as he That was a very yes, yes, because that was strike three. It was strike and, three, and and I think also Casale knew that this pitcher needed that, and he didn't get it. Yeah. You know, and but to come, uh, you know, uh, Camilo's uh, credit, he came back and and did it to the next batter, and, and then looked really good in the sixth. Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, he he pitched really well today, and 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 there's a guy I think could be a future Craig Kimbrell. I don't know that he's going to be that guy this year, but I think that guy now Camilo is a guy that I could see being a closer in the not too distant future. And so, you know, the faster he can get his confidence up and, and, you know, I think this is all just a great experience for him. And, and, you know, um, I think the sky's the limit for that guy. And, and it was great to see him succeed today. So I'm super psyched about that. And you're absolutely right. He's part of a 12 man bullpen. Now we are going to have bullpen games for two out of the games. I probably two out of the five starts the rest of the way. And I don't think it hurts the giants at all. The, the, the worst part of our bullpen, and I say worst with quotation marks, is the back end. And it's not because McGee's a bad pitcher. It's just that he's not an elite closer. And so, therefore, you're going to have a harder time closing out games against elite lineups. And the Giants are going to face a few elite teams and elite lineups, you know, here in the not-too-distant future. They're facing the Padres 10 more times, and they're facing the Braves three more times. Um, so they've got 13 more games against two really good lineups, and um, and I, we're going to wish we had a great closer. But I think the front end of our bullpen is definitely down. It has is is definitely capable of starting these games and keeping the Giants in it. So yeah, I I'm not worried about um, these bullpen games. I'm not yeah. at all. The question becomes: Do we have enough starting pitching for the postseason with Webb, Gossman, and Desclafani? Yes, and 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 traditionally teams do go to a three man you know, rotation once they get into the postseason because you get a lot of off days in between uh in between games. And so you can you can generally get away with that. And and so I mean it's a big if. But if Desclafani pitches the way he did on Friday and Webb and Gosman are Webb and Gosman, then absolutely yes, we have enough yeah. starting pitching. If Desclafani can pitch that way against he did against the Dodgers, he can beat any lineup in baseball. And and we know he's not as good as Gosman and Webb. No, like God, Desclafani is our number three right now. And if he can pitch that way against the Dodgers, he can beat anybody. So I think yeah, these three guys are enough to win. And you're absolutely right. I think three man rotation is enough. I mean, it, you might force yourself into a a situation where you need to do a bullpen game in postseason, but you know, hey, hey if we're at Game Seven of the World Series, you know, Webb's pitching. You know, Webb's coming in. Pitching. He's coming yes. in for a five-inning save uh, in Game Seven of the World Series. We might see that, dude. We might see that. <laughs> it might be that way. It might. He's that good, 
And the Giants are that, like, I could see a series going seven games, and I could absolutely see him. I guess you can't have a five-inning save, but a four-inning save, right? Because all a uh, uh, Bumgarner, right? Yes, he could yes. pull a Bumgarner. Yes. Yeah. All right, well, speaking of postseason, so it's, it's let's just go ahead and call it, right? We're, we're making the postseason. Hey, by the way, you can have a five-inning save, couldn't you? Because the the pitcher before you would get the win, and he would be the most effective pitcher, but he would still be a reliever. And that's kind of okay. what Okay, yes. I was Affelt thinking you have to go five. Game. You're right. I was thinking you had to go five. And yeah, because yeah, Affelt yeah. won game seven of that World Series. Correct. Okay, you're I right. I just don't remember what inning he came in. I don't He either. definitely was, was pre-five. Yes, yeah, yes. Hudson started, and then and then uh, Affelt. What happens when you get old, man? You forget, like, the details. So, yeah. Okay. Oh, God. Don't ever forget <laughs> that game. Don't I don't forget, forget that I don't forget how I felt. all right so so but let's go back to the postseason so you know we're what 14 games up or something ridiculous like that on the second wild card with 25 games to play it's pretty clear that we're gonna make the postseason so what do we what what needs to happen in the next 25 games you know we have like you said we have 10 games against the Padres we have three games against the Braves uh which are really good lineups uh you know, mm-hmm. I think, yeah. I think, I think what the biggest thing that needs to happen is that our bats need to find uh, their groove again. Uh, and maybe going to Colorado will help that. We start in Colorado tomorrow. Uh, and we need to figure out who we can count on in that bullpen for the postseason, right? I mean, now's yeah. the chance to kind of figure out what our bullpen's going to look like and what, what our lineup's going to look like going into the postseason. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm going to read your note that you have here in our show notes right here. Uh, what, we, what we really need to do is just get drunk for the entire month of September. That's right. We That's need right. to do some unhealthy drinking to I, stay sane. I, I might need to do that. Like, it's yeah. just, uh, you know, I don't, I'll be honest, I don't always make a cocktail for every Giants game. Uh, but the times that I did this weekend, I found that it really helped. So, so well, I, you know, I, I think I might, I might uh, up my, my cocktail consumption over the next 25 games. A common use of alcohol throughout history, Matthew, is a little bit of an anti-anxiety medication. Yes. Well, with, yes. you know, Giants and their torture baseball, you know, a little tequila probably is in order. You know? That's right. That's right. And we are not encouraging unhealthy drinking, but we are just remarking upon the depressant qualities of alcohol yes. on our show called Giant Cocktails. Um <laughs> Yes. I mean, look, this is going to be a tremendous challenge. Um, but at the end of the day, the Giants are in a really great spot. You know, they I believe their their magic number for clinching a playoff spot is somewhere around 11 uh, games. So that means a combined losses between the Giants and whichever team ends up you know, not making the, the making the final wild card spot. It'd be it, right now. It looks like it's either going to be the Reds or the Padres because they're kind of neck and neck. So the Giants have, you know, they could do that next week theoretically, right? Because yeah. yeah, I mean, it could happen that soon. And um, and 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 of course, it's not a sure thing. It's never a sure thing until it happens. But you know, I, I think um, they're very close to doing that. So they're in a really good spot. I, I think the main thing that they need to do is they do want to win the division. They just got to keep playing tough, keep playing, you know, keep staying mentally sharp. Don't let up, um, you know. But the thing is, yeah, they've got 10 games against the Padres, which is not great. The Padres are a tough team. The Giants have played 500 ball against them this season. 
Um, they've got three more games against the Braves. You know, that was a tough series. Although I look at that series and I feel like the Braves did not scare me nearly as much as the Brewers did. You know, the games didn't go the way the Giants wanted, but they blew one of those games. And then the other one was just clearly a, a Disclafani was not there and uh, in his start. And so maybe, you know, so I, I feel like the Giants can beat the Braves. The rest of the games are against the Rockies and the Diamondbacks. And oh, and then one series against the Cubs, right? They should beat all those teams handily. The Cubs are playing their Triple A team now, so after trading, right? Away, yeah, I mean, so they should handily win the majority of those games, right? They're not going to win every game against those three teams, but they should win most of them. And so, you know, I, I feel like the Giants are in a really good spot to to win the division. Uh, they're in a really good spot. They're obviously, you know, they're virtually a lock to make the playoffs, you know, a lock to have that home field advantage in the wild card game. And I think they can win that game. They can beat the Padres at home. They can beat the Reds at home. You know, I think they just have to stay loose. Stay loose. Play. They're playing with uh, house money, right? I mean, it's kind That's of exactly uh, right. You know, That's exactly right. They've now won more games. Uh, they've won as many games this year that they won in 2016, when the last time they made the playoffs. Right. Uh, right. So they are already um, outperforming right. any Giants team in recent, uh, you know, recent uh, history. So uh, we are on our way. But I, I got, I got a, I got a scenario for you. And yes. and maybe we'll wrap up our podcast yes. with this scenario. Let's talk this out. So, I was thinking, we mm-hmm. we. If we tie after mm-hmm. 162 games with the Dodgers, mm-hmm. uh, we have to go to a one-game playoff against the Dodgers to determine which will be the played winner, in San Francisco. Which, which after today, yes, will be played uh, in San Francisco. So that's Correct. great. Winner take all. 162 game, 163rd game uh, yep. for for all the marbles, right? The loser of that game then has to play in the one-game wild card play-in game. Right or whatever Correct. they're calling it, wild card game. Wow. Uh, so, so that to me, I feel like almost could be the worst case. It could be the worst case scenario in that because let's say you know we we've already determined that 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 Webb and Gosman are top two, right? And let's say we line this up so Webb is ready to go against the Dodgers in that 163rd game, mm-hmm. and we lose. And then and then we got to go. I'm assuming a couple days later. And we next gotta day. Pl- next day, okay. And mm-hmm. we got to go and play. Well, actually, we would stay probably in San Francisco, but then Correct. we would uh, we would play uh, whoever did the Padres or the uh, or the Reds. The Reds uh, in the one game playoff game for for to you know for the wild correct. Game, and if you right? lose that game, you're out of the playoffs. Right. So then we play. So then that's Gosman, right? Let's say we win that game though. Okay. okay. And now we're in the actual playoffs. And yet Webb and Gosman are now gone. Okay, we we so now we have to go with Desclafani and after today Dominic Leone starting games one and two of mm-hmm. this series, right? Not ideal. Right. So my question is, is that the worst case scenario to actually finish tied with the Dodgers? Would it be better to actually come in second and only play one the wild card game and only and only burn one of your starting pitchers uh, versus both? Um, Disapproving. No. Losing and not winning the division outright so you don't get that one-game playoff against the Dodgers is definitely the worst-case scenario. 
having one and only one chance to advance to the second round is definitely worse than having two chances to advance to the second round, which is what we're talking about here. Now, let's forget all the other benefits that you get from winning the division, because if you win the division, you're most likely the best team in the National League. You're probably also the best team in baseball, which means you're going to host every series all the way through the World Series. If you're the wild card, you don't get that right until the World Series. So you will be the visiting team for every series if you're the wild card winner instead of being the home team for every series. That's the difference between being first and second place in this particular case. The second thing is that, at least I think that's true. I hope, I, I believe that's true. I may be wrong about that, but I, I believe that's that's true, that the wild card is always the visiting team. So, so but let's forget about that argument. The, the point is, is that you have a, uh, you have, a, you know, a one in two chance of making the second round in that second game. And then you have a one in two chance of doing that, which means you have like a, what is that? Uh, uh, if you have to, if it's a, let's say where both games were a coin flip and you, you have a 20, you have a 50% chance of losing the game. Then you have, yeah. So you have a 25% chance of not making the playoffs as opposed to a 50% chance of making the playoffs. Or put it this way, you have a 75% chance of advancing to the second round versus a 50% chance. I will take the 75% chance over what, and, and, and I don't care who's pitching the next game. I want a better chance of advancing to that series. All right. So, so, so no, no, it is not a better scenario. And if you really want it that way, then invert your pitchers and have Gossman pitch against the Dodgers in that playoff. And then Webb will pitch your do or die game in the wild card game or pitch game one in the division series. If that's how you really want it to play out. Right. Well, and, and yeah, and I guess at that point, you're just scraping and clawing no matter what, right? So it doesn't matter really. I mean, obviously, ideally, you would want your starters to, to line up and 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 pitch game one of it. But if you're playing to scrap, scrapping to play... If you're, yeah, if it's if it's that, if it, if, it's, if it's that tight at the end of the season, and I just don't see any scenario where it won't be, yeah. uh, because you will you will probably be playing hard... So we won't have the luxury of kind of lining up starters and being. No, we're not going to have the luxury of lining up the starters at all. No, no way. Um, And I, you know, the the good news is neither will the Padres and neither will the Dodgers. Mm. Right. So you know, it's going to be whoever it's going to be. But the the Dodgers, though, it's like, hmm, who do I want to start Game One? And you just. Throw, you pick a guy out of a hat, right? I mean, right. It's... Well, of those three guys, I mean, like you know, who are their their bullpen game, bullpen game right now, aren't they? Who's oh, the first four guy? That's true. Yeah, they're they're. You're right. They do. They're doing just like us now. They to... Yeah, they're Scherzer, Urias, and Bueller. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're they, I you know, and if that's how the Giants and Dodgers are, all the baseball's got to be struggling right now, except for the Brewers. <laughs> Um, so, so, all right, you convinced me. I, I was, you know, I guess I'm being optimistic that we would win those games, you know, and then, um, or we would win our play plan games. Yeah. Uh, but you're assuming you're going to win that first game, but you're assuming, but, but you're saying, but I might lose that first game. But if you lose that first game in the scenario that you would prefer, you're out of the playoffs. Right. So, so wanna, it doesn't, yeah, yeah it doesn't all right. make any sense. All right. So, so we want to being tied at the end is a good thing. I give you permission to cut this whole segment out of the show. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that because, All you right. know, sometimes you got to look good, too. And Right. <laughs> <laughs> I love well, you. You're you know, my brother. I, I am know. the money. I am the money. So, yeah. <laughs> That's right. You got to throw me a bone every now and then. Every now and then. <laughs> 
All right. Well, we are up on time and right. uh, probably a little over time. Um, you don't have to roll right. any dice or anything, do you? No, I know. But we should just mention that it's the Rockies and the Cubs. Uh, second to last road trip of the season this coming week. That's right. That's right. Going on. Uh, and, you know, the Rockies are tough at home. They actually have a really good home record. Uh, one of the best in baseball, which is weird. I mean, they got one of the worst road records. Uh, and they've and, been playing better overall, too. Yeah. So it won't be an easy game. And, and you know, playing games in Colorado is always uh, just a nightmare. Man, and the time. Giants still don't have an off day until Thursday. Yeah. We had like a span of like 10 That's 16 ago. straight games without that, a day oh, that off. Wow. That's that's crazy. Because right, it well, was Braves, then it was Brewers, then it was Dodgers. And who did? And hopefully we'll get Solano back at some point. You know, there's some things to look forward to this week. We'll, uh, you know, and it's, it's just one thing you got to do is every morning you got to you got to wake up and check Twitter for all the roster changes because it seems like every week, yeah, or every day there is a change in terms of who's been brought up, who's gotten sick, who's on the IL, whatever. So, um, you know, nineteen. Uh, it's nineteen straight games. They haven't had an off day since Monday the twenty third. Wow. 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 All right. Well, you know, we didn't even talk about Slater's concussion or any of these other things, but, you know, that's just par for the course, right? I mean, and who knows? Maybe right now they're just making up stuff to get people Rub some dirt in it, bro. You know, it, was, was it a coincidence we brought up Duggar, who had like a 500 batting average against Bueller in his career? I mean, he's the only giant that has hit Bueller, and then he came through today. Uh, so, you know, I, who knows? I'm a big Steve Duggar fan from what he's did earlier in this season. Never should have been sent down. Oh, and just him staying sharp and coming back and contributing. Way to hit it. Way to way to do the one thing that no giant hitter could do for the last two weeks. Get a hit with runners in scoring position, Stephen. <laughs> big hit, man, too. And then a big old Will Clark self slap. You know. Oh, that's right. That was that was a, a Will Clark reminiscent. It was uh, a pop up triple. Oh, that was that was right. He just didn't cuss in a super high pitched voice at the end. <laughs> He's got to work on that. All right. Well, with that, you know, uh, we should wrap this up. Um, Let's see. Uh, I know that uh, Bob's got something to say. Follow us on Twitter. Yes, and Instagram at, at @giantcocktails. You can follow Ben on Twitter and Instagram at, at @watchbenfail. Uh, don't forget to subscribe and uh, like and review if you haven't already done so. Thank you all those who have. And with that, Ben, we'll uh, we'll call this an episode, and we'll see you all next week. Cheers. Cheers, Matthew. Bye, everybody. Bye. Join us next time for the Giant Cocktails Podcast. Until then, bottoms up.